This is Soundtrack, a music podcast about the music that impacts our lives. Every episode is a conversation of how music has shaped and influenced one's life, because music is the soundtrack to everyone's story. Soundtrack is hosted by Kaya Lifty. Hey everyone, I'm here with Marcus White. Hello, hello. How's it going? Good, how are you? I'm doing well. We're here in... Grand Valley State University, in the Kistler Building. Heck yeah. <laughs> Grand Valley, let's go. Woo! Proud Laker alum here with, with you. <laughs> I've known you since 2017. I Were you in the, the meeting in the cafeteria? When, what do you mean? Wrestling. Oh, I mean, like, the recruitment? Yeah. Community? I don't think so. Okay. Then it, it was, must have been in the wrestling room. It was the wrestling room. That we first place. met. Because Mosley, I was walking around, and I was with Andrew, and he was trying to get me to go into the wrestling room. And that's when I seen Mosley. And Mosley can get a fish to walk on land. Like, he, he can convince anyone to do anything. And that's how he, he's the one that got me into the wrestling room, and then I started talking to him. Yeah. I didn't know that Mosley did that. I thought it would have been Andrew. It was Andrew got me close, but Mosley was like, come here, come, come downstairs. <laughs> what did he say other than? He, I don't know. He, he's, he's a man of words. He, <laughs> he talked me into three years of being my buddy. <laughs> I loved every moment, but he, can, he really did convince me to go down there. I'm so grateful that I got to have three years with you as your coach. And I I don't know if you remember this. Do you remember your first win yeah. at Hopkins? Mm-hmm. And I just remember you pinned him and your face. <laughs> you It was like a deer in the headlight kind of face. Kind of like, did I really just do that? Kind mm-hmm. of a... It was so awesome. I just remember the, because it was at a tournament, so not the whole team was there, but there were several of us that were able to cheer you on, and it was awesome to see you win. So it was it was just so surreal, especially because I know you remember this too. I got up before he slept. Yeah, yeah. It's it's because I my head was in a different space. Like I was I was so like the feeling of like almost winning was like in my heart okay. I felt it in my soul and so i i'm pretty sure i heard another mat and another rev hit the, you know, hit the ground oh. so that's why i kind of looked up i was like that's doing it and then <laughs> i hear i think i heard it was you and andrew he was like you gotta pin him keep going keep going and i was like oh my. And i had to go back down and pin him it was just i was just so happy yeah those kind of memories right mm-hmm. and uh team districts too I'm sure that was pretty cool too. Mm-hmm. The atmosphere that the team had going to the districts was next level. Like me and me and Andrew always say that like we wouldn't we will never be as hyped as we were for districts, <laughs> and like we were so locked in going into our matches that it was just it was next level type of focus. Why? And I'm just curious as a coach, like. Why were you guys locked in? It was it. It was it was what we were working for the whole year. Yeah. And what made it really special was the fact that no other. It's been it was like what ten years 
or something? Ten plus? Seventeen. Seventeen. It was seventeen years since our school won districts. So that weighed on our mind a lot going to it. Like we could we could actually make history right now and like be able to put our twenty twenty little logo yeah. on our banner. Yeah. So that's what kinda had us on edge. That's so cool. And then the pandemic had to happen. <laughs> It's terrible timing. We were, you know, we didn't even get to celebrate the year, and uh, it's frustrating. Anyway, this is not a wrestling podcast. This is a music podcast. You grew up in Grand Rapids. You were born here, yes. and talk about what it was like living in Grand Rapids for you. It was it was really interesting, especially because I grew up in the GR of the Grand Rapids schools. What is it, the GRPS? Yeah, public schools. I grew up there, so like a lot of my school travel was like five minutes away. Just like Godwin, where I could walk to school. I, I couldn't walk to my GRPS school, but it was it was still extremely close. Like my bus stop was literally down the street. Yeah. It was night, nice. and like a lot of my friends, I noticed this when I took the bus. I, just, I started going to the bus middle school. I really noticed how close my friends looked to me. I never knew that. I always thought, you know, they were like, cities or whatever something. but they're like some of them were like down the street to me and like it was just it was crazy to see that how close we actually were to each other in going to our schools my mom and sister always expected a lot from me in terms of academics and like not getting into trouble which i kind of always took with me through life so it's like i like let's say i'll get like a 89 percent on the test i'll like you know i'll kind of flinch at that i'm like eh, that's not that's not good enough. Well, other people, it's like they, they work for 89. So I've yeah. always been like held to a higher standard. Why is uh, your mom hold you to that standard? Do you know? She, Any idea? I thought the guess she doesn't just want me in the street. She doesn't want me to be another, another black team and like other statistics. She wanted me to have a better life than what the like, social media will like, have for me or think of me. Yeah. So yeah, she just wanted me to, you know, have a future growing up. Let's talk about uh, your childhood with music. So a lot of it was influenced by your mom, 80s and 90s music. Talk about those artists or songs and what was it like as a kid to listen to that? It was, I would say it was related to you know, my family. So it depend on you know the day. So it's like something I feel like a lot of almost minorities, but like a lot, of, a lot of people who grew up with families like this will recognize is that like once you start hearing like the R and B, the slow music, it's like, uh oh, it's kind of clean. This is <laughs> this is gonna be cleaning day. And so sometimes when I'm just sleeping all of a sudden I'll hear it like Whitney Houston and it's just oh, it's cleaning day. <laughs> like I, I can tell that from the whole day from there it's gonna be cleaning and cleaning and cleaning. Yeah. That's where I'll say, you know, I'll get the music from my mom because she'll always, she loves listening to music while cleaning. It gets her just vibing and in, you know, in the mood to clean. And it's I, such a, a good way to do it, mm-hmm, too. Mm-hmm. Helps. <laughs> sure, it helps a lot. In terms of family, it's like family reunions. So it's like a, like the cha-cha slide. Yeah. Uh, things like the Cupid Shuffle. You know, things like music like that is what gets played a lot during family reunions. And it's like, it gets everyone out of their chairs and dancing. Like, for me, I've always been more uh, 
introverted. Yeah. Especially when I was a kid, I was really shy as a kid. Like I wouldn't, I wasn't one to talk to people like that. But when the music started coming on, it's like, oh, it's time for me to dance. And it's like, as a kid who's shy and like doesn't like talking to people, it's like, wow, look at him dancing right now. And so it was just a way to get people involved in their family union and basically just set the mood and that like, hey, you're here with family, have a good time. Yeah. Was uh, Little Marcus any good at the dancing? At first, no. <laughs> My mom is a huge dancer. And it's oh, like, yeah? Yeah, yeah. Especially when I was young, she would dance a lot. And it's like, it just didn't pass on to me at first. Especially, <laughs> it's probably because I was shy, so I was like kind of reserved in dancing, but it was like, I'll always see my mom dance, and it's like she has so much of a good time while doing it. So I kind of started following her into her footsteps and things like that. Nice. What do you think of all the white people who dance to the Cupid Shuffle at weddings? It's it's funny, especially <laughs> it's always funny seeing someone try to dance to Cupid Shuffle, and like you can all you can always tell when it's like their first time. <laughs> and it's like for me, it's like you gotta add. I'm like a Cupid Shuffle master now at this point. Oh, yeah? Yeah. So you kind of add like a extra finesse to it, and like you can tell who isn't really used to adding that finesse to people who've been dancing to the song since they're like six. It's, it's just funny to me. Let's talk about uh, more with your childhood. Church music also played a role. Soul, backyard barbecues were also a part of your life. Talk about those. Church and choir is church choir, like church music. Were you in church choir? No, no. I only got in choir at like middle school. I think it was middle school I walked out in the choir. But I, f- I remember correctly, didn't you take choir in high school? Mm-hmm. Yeah. No, middle school and high school. Yeah. Mm-hmm. But church choir, I was always seeing my grandma just slam back and forth. She loved it. My mom's sister, when my mom used to go to, um, me and her don't go as much now, but we used to really go when I was growing up. And it was like, you know, they always loved the atmosphere of the music. One thing that always kind of stuck me with the church is the fact that you're there all day. Like, it's yeah. commitment. It's 12 hours. It is a commitment. But what made it better was the music. Like everyone, you'll see everyone just get up, dance. You'll see the pastor just waving everyone along. And it was just a good moment to bring everyone together in like a house of God and stuff like that. What is it about that environment that's so joyful? I feel like that because that's, you know, even though it's a long day and you said, you know, everybody's coming together, what is it about that that makes it so worth it to be a part of? It was it was very upbeat. It wasn't like slow search songs. It was upbeat. Yeah. It was, they were going fast. Was, I can't, you know, I can't replicate churches yeah, yeah. right now, but it was very upbeat and had a lot of rhythm to it. People were swaying side to side. And like it just invited a happy atmosphere during church. And it's like it's what kept people well, I won't say what keep going because you know, everyone's different, but it's what yeah. it's what brought everyone to like that nine PM and how upbeat it was. Are you trying to say like this was something that was helpful for everyday life? For people that were going, it would be it would be hard for me to say because I don't go to church yeah. as much. But I mean, like at that time, do, is that the sense that you got? Yeah, maybe? it's what it's what helped me. It was like if it was like slow church songs, I might have fell asleep and got got hit, like a boy, <laughs> and stuff like that. But like the fact that it was upbeat, it kept me awake the whole day. 
and like kept me engaged with what the pastor was saying and what was going on in the church. Yeah. So yeah, like when I was younger, it helped. It personally helped me. What about the backyard barbecues? Backyard barbecues. That ties also to like uh, communions, where it's like it's just it's like the background music that helped people keep involved. So it's like you were just hearing music playing in the back. You're talking to you know cousins, aunts, grandmas, people you haven't seen in years, and it's like the music is really setting the pace and setting the atmosphere at the cookout. So like, what kind of? I mean, it, would it be more upbeat songs then? Mm-hmm, maybe upbeat. It it depends on who is you know directing the music. Yeah. Who's on ox? Um, <laughs> It, it, it always depends on a person. I would say uh, it's usually upbeat. And then sometimes at the end of the cookout when like your grandpa and like uncles are already drunk and it's like, all right, you might you might have to start thinking about leaving. It's, that's when like the slow songs start coming out. And it's like, it's kind of, it's like an uphill battle to say. It's like uphill, upbeat, you're talking to people, you're, you know, you're interacting with family. And after a certain point, it starts going down, yeah. it's slower music, calming people down. It's like people are tired and stuff like that. Right. So yeah, I would say it, music and like cookouts really set the pace on how people interact with each other. What kind, do you remember any songs or, you know, genres that were heavy on the, the playlist? Literally, if you look up on Spotify, black barbecue music, the yeah. playlist will actually pop up. Yep. Yeah. You know, you'll see people like Mike, Michael Jackson music. Yeah. During a cookout. Uh, right. If I, I'm not, I'm not real versed in like old black artists, but like. Maybe like Marvin Gaye. Mm-hmm. Prince. Prince, you know. Yeah. Mm-hmm. But I feel like you would have to include, you know, even the, the, the 90s and the aughts too, mm-hmm. you know, so Usher. Nelly, on R. Kelly, mm-hmm. even after his uh, oh, exploits, yeah. yeah. Just imagine, you know, all the artists in like the eighties, nineties, people like my mom grew up listening to, and like other families that listen to music like that. Why is music so important at these barbecues? It it'll tie back to what I said before. It it sets the pace. It gives something people that just have like imagine just sitting at a silent barbecue. It's not fun. No. Of course it'll be some like talking with family members, but like, at the end of the day it's kind of silent in the back unless you have like a hundred plus people. So like these barbecues are like twenty, thirty people. So it's like there's not a lot of people and that music basically fills up the white space. It gives people a sense of like there's conversations going on, conversations to be had. Instead of it having it being like silent with like just a lot of white noise, take my fridge for example. I know you can hear it, <laughs> and it's because there's nothing playing in the background. You start hearing crickets in the background. Yeah. So it's like it, it clears up the white space. So uh, in your elementary years, you kind of have this interesting way of how you're listening to music, and a lot of that's through things like YouTube, buying. I mean, I'm familiar with those platforms but you kind of would go in a different direction in terms of what kind of songs you were listening to it wasn't what was popular or what people were wanting to listen to necessarily uh explain what you were doing 
and what you were listening to? I would say it's because I wasn't well-versed in the internet when I was growing up. So I didn't know how to find popular songs. I didn't know how to find what new albums just dropped. So music will always come to me growing up. So that's why I like Vine is seven seconds. We have seven seconds to do something. Yeah. And that's why people usually put like the best part of a song in those seven seconds and have it go behind some type of thing. Yeah. And so that's why like in those seven seconds, I'll think to myself, wow, this song is like really catching. I'm really enjoying it. And I'll look it up and like, no matter what it was, could have been like rap, anything, like dubstep, stuff like that. If it if it sounded good to my ears in those seven seconds, I would add it to a playlist. And that's kind of why growing up, I always used Vine and YouTube because I never, I could never, I, I didn't know how to find songs. So they always came to me during those platforms. So what kind of songs were you listening to then from those uh, platforms? Things like dubstep, rap, electronic music, like slow song. And what I mean by slow song is like, it's not as upbeat as like some other songs. Like dubstep, dubstep is like, oops, 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 like yeah, oh, upbeat. Yeah. And like it's more slowed, it's, it's calmer to say. Yeah. So just anything that just came to me, if that makes sense. Yeah. So uh, sometimes, especially back then, YouTubers were like, come out with like songs and it's like they're youtubers they're not artists they're not artists artists yeah yeah so it's like i always kind of call them like a meme song and like sometimes a song will be actually pretty good so it's like i'll add it to a playlist and then things like remixes to songs or like dubstep remixes songs or like what i kind of consider meme songs because like it's a remix yeah like so i'll put the whole spin to it there's just another song that's included in the meme song but that's basically what meme songs mean to me so like like remixes, stuff, like YouTuber song, diss tracks. Diss tracks were huge back then. Especially when like a YouTuber will fart will like start fake beef with another YouTuber yeah. and like he'll make a rap dissing them. So you would watch a Vine, watch a YouTube video, hear this remix. Would you then like go and find the song on its own and listen to it on its own, separate from the video? as well uh i'll do both so like if i really like it or like the song or yeah. like like the clip or vine i'll, I'll store keep somewhere. it yeah, yeah of course and then you know when i go back to it i'll watch it but what i really do is i'll also try to find the song on like whatever app i was using at the time yeah and listen to it when i'm doing stuff so a little bit of both nice what was it about those songs that appealed to you was it because it was catchy or what was it because the video was funny or, or like what made you pick those songs yeah so there's about three categories so first one was if it was catchy so something that can get me you know you know like tapping my foot yeah uh seeing the lyrics to myself things like that another one is for me to say it's like it'll put it made me feel like i'm in my own concert if that makes sense yeah. So it's like some there's some songs where it's like you listen to it and like you just sit back and like you're in your head you're in a concert right now you're like focused probably on like nothing or on something and it's like there's just a concert going on in your head you're just vibing to it just relaxing to it and then three I've always liked it's always more of like a feeling to me 
that's why my music has always been very uh, has a lot of variety to it. Like, yeah, I can't stick to like one genre. And like, if it if it sounds good, it sounds good. Yes. Like I'll listen. Only only things I'll listen to is death metal, and it's because <laughs> it's, it's just screaming. It's it's literally just someone screaming. Yeah. And so that's why I would never listen to that. But for like other genres, it, it really comes down to if it sounds good, it sounds good. Yeah. And if I like it, I like it. Yeah. It, and it's cool that you don't want to be, you know, boxed in. It's just a matter of whether it's good. And you go with that. Let's talk about uh, a little bit more on the middle school. So specifically, you've talked about it a little bit already, the dubstep and electronic. What, expand on that. What kind of songs or was there any artists that were standing out to you in middle school at music? It has never been one single artist. I'll always, it's more like a genre. It's always, it's always go through like a genre and like that's why I don't really remember the artist. I just yeah. remember the songs. Yeah. Besides like YouTube and Vine, how were you finding this music? Was it just through those platforms, or was there other ways? It, honestly, growing up, it was just on those platforms because I was really into Vine and you. It's, you know what edits are, I don't. So basically what an edit is, is basically a compilation, a compilation of clips and it's tied to a music or to, tied to a song. Yeah. So like, think of like a montage or like a, like a mixtape for, yep. you know, people clips and stuff like that. They'll add the music in the back and then they'll, you know, they'll try to sync it up whatever's going on during the you know, video. And that's kind of what I, that's what I always like watching. That's kind of how I always found my music because you can always find the wide range of music on those type of edits. Because a lot of people, people have different, you know, music tastes. So it's like you start going down little edits, and it's like you'll find more and more music that are different from each other and that are pretty good. That's more interesting. That's probably also why I kind of choose music that I choose because like you see a clip, like let's say like a like a montage of like LeBron dunking on people, stuff yeah. like that. You'll see. You'll see a clip, he'll dunk on them right when like the music just like bass drops. So it's like yeah. it's all intense and it's like get you hype. And that's kind of what also adds to what I'll make as a, into a song. Besides the, the videos, what was it about dubstep that you liked so much? It's a hard question to answer because I'm older now, so I don't, I don't really like it as much. You don't like it at all? Mm -hmm. well, that's good. <laughs> but when I was younger, <laughs> it was probably just, you know... It's. It was so big. It was huge. Ten years ago. It was huge. What's interesting is you were at that time too. What made dubstep so big was things like the Harlem Shake. I like the Harlem Shake, not Yeah. So, being able to take that music and put it on top of a video—that's mm -hmm. what everybody was doing. Exactly. It was huge because of that. Mm -hmm. So it wasn't just getting plays on things like Spotify, but also on YouTube mm -hmm. with the video. Getting views on YouTube, getting views on Vine. Yeah. And it was like, it was at a time where like everyone wanted to blow up. So it's like, at that point it was like, who can make the better edits? Yeah. Who can get, who can make a song more catchy? Right. It's so fascinating. Is there any electronic or dubstep that you still listen to today? Actually, no, not really. If I'm studying, you know, it's nice playing music without lyrics. 
because uh, sometimes to be honest, my flow kind of works instead of like the school work. So there's times I'll listen to that, but it, it's more if you go on YouTube, it's like 24 hour study playlist and things like that. So it's, yeah. it's not like I'm necessarily going for the dubstep, it's more like it's kind of just there in like where I'm listening to it. But in terms of songs, I can't think of one song right now that's like dubstep and electronic that I have right now. So the end of your middle school years, and if I, I mean, I think the timing of this makes sense to me. You start getting into rap mm -hmm. in the end of middle school. Mm -hmm. Talk about how that came about. I would say, honestly, just rap more lyric music. What I'll start getting into. And just then, lyric? Like pop music? Yeah, like pop music and stuff like that. What made me do a switch was probably the fact that I moved from SoundCloud to Spotify. And I, I feel like that kind of triggered the change in my taste, with me also getting older, of course. And so during those times, I just kind of, I kind of threw away like the playlist in SoundCloud of like the dubstep and stuff like that and started moving, moving towards more rap. I'll also put because it's because of my friends, the fact that I had. Yeah. I, as I said before, I was shy, so like I started making more friends growing up. It's like I started getting to their music taste and that kind of rubbed off on me in terms of like, more rap and more lyric type of songs. Because what's interesting to me is you would have been eighth grade in like 2014, 2015. And that's when rap came back in a big way. I mean, there was, there's always been rap since the seventies, but you, it was like, it was like a mix of R and B and rap. Mm -hmm. And it just, it wasn't like what we're seeing in the last five years, mm -hmm. six years or so. Mm -hmm. So I, I don't know. I, I just felt like the timing of it made sense, but it was also because of other things going on. You know what really probably changed like the rap scene? Fetty Wap. Because Fetty Wap incorporated a lot of dubstep to the song, but also rap behind it. Yeah. So I feel like when you mix those together, it kind of led the way into people listening more into rap. Well, and I feel like there's a, I'm not like a music producer, but I feel like based on sound, there's a lot of similarities to dubstep and trap. Mm -hmm. Mm -hmm. And so you get that and then you just get a, some rap, you know, a hip hop going in with the, the vocal part and you're all set. Mm -hmm. So, but yeah, I know the Fetty is a, is a really good point too. Yeah, like people like Fetty Wap, Future, Future, and like artists like the, like them, they really incorporated like I was like dubstep, but like very high upbeat beats in their song, and yeah. then you see the rap behind it. Yeah. Let's talk about SoundCloud. How did you come across SoundCloud, and why was that your mode of listening to music? I don't remember how I found SoundCloud. It was probably. Apple or Google Store, you know, music app. It was probably something simplest for that. And SoundCloud was like the first one I found. I don't really remember how I found SoundCloud. But the main reason why I used this one at that time was because it was it was free. You would get ads, you know, after a certain amount of songs, but it, what really made it good was like how good it was free. Mm -hmm. So on Spotify, it's like hard. It's hard to even play a song regularly when it's free. Because you have to, one, it'll, when you start a song in Spotify, it will randomize it if you're on a free version. Yeah. And then you have a certain amount of skips. 
SoundCloud and, is... And then a bunch of commercials. Exactly. SoundCloud is like, you have all the playlists you'll ever need. You can start at any time you want. And then maybe after like five songs, you'll get one to two ads. And that's, that's like why I used SoundCloud back then. That makes sense. What's your uh, preferred listening app now? I'm using Apple Music. I like Spotify more. Honestly, it's, it's always been due to like, circumstance. Back in like high school, I knew how to get a gel broken version of Spotify. So it's like I can have it for free without paying. <laughs> I, I can get premium for free. And then when I stopped doing that, my sister ended up paying for a subscription of Apple Music. So that's why I've been using that. So it's always been due to circumstance, but I always like Spotify. Because Spotify offers you a lot of options and like how you want to play your songs and what songs you want. Yeah. Let's talk about high school. So first off, let's let's talk about pop. So you were listening again to a lot of uh, pop music with a heavy emphasis on just lyrics. Because again, with dubstep and electronic, it's not there's not really a whole lot of singing going on. It's mostly music. So what prompted that change to listen to music with lyrics? My friends, my my friend, he his name was Diego Peralta, but he really got me into listening to Logic, and he's very lyrical, and I, it kind of just branched out from there. So I kind of wanted songs that sounded, I won't say like his, but like songs that were more lyrical, and that songs that I can probably just probably just like you know sing to myself. And especially the fact that I was in a choir, so it's like, I might not want to sing to people a lot, but like, I do have, I do like singing on occasion. So it's like, to be able to actually go along with the song that I'm listening to really helped out. Speaking of choir, what was that like? It was, it was fun. It was, it really allowed me to have a louder voice. Like, most people probably wouldn't think, because how much I don't really talk or how loud I usually don't get, but like in choir, some of my partners will always tell me is like, when you're in a concert in like a, uh, in like a gym or like an auditorium, make sure you sing to everyone to the back of the room. That's kind of where I always follow. So it's like I always made sure my voice was able to be heard from like all the way in the back. Yeah. And it kind of just, it was nice, like, you know, talk louder and sing. And like a lot of people were cool. It was, I made like a lot of friends in choir. Also, I, I tried learning how to play piano. Oh, yeah. I, I can kind of play, but I can't. I can't read sheet music. I'd always mess it up. <laughs> Let's talk about rap. I mean, part of this is again the timing, but I mean, you've got artists like Juice World, Aesop Rocky, Designer. You already mentioned Logic. How are you coming across these artists, and why are they appealing to you? I'll say like the points I brought up last time still stands. You know, Vine. I think Vine shut down at this point. Yeah. So I. Are you okay? You still okay? (laughs) (laughs) Vine. Vine shut down. Sadly, people who love Vine. Mm -hmm. I have not gotten over it. Mm -hmm. And then TikTok tried taking this place. I was an advocate TikTok hater, growing like in high school. Like, I, I was like, oh, I can't believe y'all got that on your phone. Never will be me. Now I'm spending hours on TikTok. Now, <laughs> but it was, now I'll say it's more my friends and the fact that I'm more internet savvy. So I can, I'm a little bit more up to date on what, what album is dropping at what time. 
Yeah. And then friends, friends will recommend you a song, or you'll hear one of your friends play a song, and it's like, hey, what what is this? Or your coach play a song? <laughs> yeah. I'm, jo- I'm joking. <laughs> I had too much pride. I can't, like, Andrew, I, I can never ask Andrew for the like, what's playing. <laughs> so what I'll do is I'll go on Snapchat, and then I'll just, there's, there's an option on Snapchat to, uh, have your Snapchat listen to the music and it will tell you. It's like Shazam. Yeah, yeah. I'll always do that. Like I, I could never ask him what the song is playing. <laughs> it'll, it'll, it'll get too much in his head. <laughs> but yeah, that's so, basically how I'm in like high school and how I found songs, including you know the YouTube and stuff. Yeah. So what was appealing about those songs besides like was there something about the lyrics that was appealing? Well some songs of course I would drive a message. There's some songs that are like, you know, you can get a real message from them, like Logic, you'll get something from his songs. It was more, it it was catchy. It, like, an artist will say something and, like, it will have you saying it for, like, the next week. And, like, a lot of songs were catchy. You were, you know, head-bobbing, yeah. listening to it. it. It got you in the mood to just, just dance and stuff like that. And that's, that's why I started listening to, like, more rap. It's also because I grew up and grew out of dubstep and stuff, but it's like the fact that how catchy the songs were really got me into them. Yeah. I remember one time I took you home, and I think I played Humble, Kendrick Lamar, mm-hmm. and you surprised me because you were not not because you knew the lyrics. That that didn't necessarily surprise me. It was your body movement. That surprised me. I was like, I've not seen this of Marcus before. What's up with that? Don't don't like the audience. We're having a good duet when you play humble. We both were dancing to that song. <laughs> you almost got us into a car accident. Oh, really? It was both of us. Really? Probably not, but it was yeah, just funny okay. to think like that. It was more just, you know, the vibe of the car. Like, you were dancing, singing, I was dancing and singing. I couldn't just let you dance sing by yourself. So oh, I, I appreciate that. And, like, you know, it's also a song. You know, Humble would get anyone in the mood. Yeah. One last memory that's coming to my mind from your high school. The Feel It Coming, Daft Punk. Oh, no. It, Daft Punk produced, but the weekend, Feel It Coming. Mm-hmm. And I told all you guys to dance. Yeah. <laughs> and 25 high school students, students dancing. are dancing during conditioning. What made it that's that's what made it funny. What made it funny was you just asked us, it was after live wrestling, so after we just got done fighting someone <laughs> to nearly dead. Fighting? And then that's how I always explained it. We were literally <laughs> fighting someone else. Then you told us to run like 20 times. And then while we were like Vegas, Vegas, yeah. And then what were we doing? No, we were doing like core exercises. So like after like legless, our yeah. legs were like just bummed. We're laying on the ground, gasping for air, <laughs> coughing, and all of a sudden it's just get up and dance. <laughs> he was like, I know you guys like this song. Get up and dance. And we all did. I think it started. I think it always started with Malcolm, and then it started. Then it came over to me. Jamichael, even mm-hmm. yeah. It was, just, it was those moments where, like, we just were exhausted, and then one of us was just start dancing, and it's like the whole team is dancing at that point. Yeah. Why do you think rap right now, over the last five years, has been so popular with your age group? 
the mum the mumble rap the trap i don't know I, mumble rap i i kind of don't like using that but i don't know how else to explain it it's i, I find out to a point where it's like very mainstream to listen to those kind of songs and like it's like if you don't listen to these songs you're weird and it's like i don't know if you've ever seen these memes but it's like like people are afraid to play their own like playlists in like, yeah. their friend's car because they're afraid that they'll yeah, take the fox away yeah yeah and it's like i feel like it's because like with that music is so mainstream now it's like you're kind of the odd one out if you don't listen to those type of songs then of course there's and that's not like, the only reason people do love this type of rap and it's like it's probably because it's something that gets you dancing or gets you thinking if it's like really lyrical or just gets you as i said before like in your own concert just in your own head just yeah. vibing I think what's often interesting with people who dislike mumble rap is how higher level thinking actually is coming from the lyrics. Oh, yeah. Yeah. Because it's like not every song needs some type of PhD level message they put out or for people to enjoy. You know, get people moving. Yeah. It doesn't need to have some huge message that makes people think. All right, let's talk about college. I mean, it's really a kind of a continuation of rap and, and pop music. Talk about why that's been a, a, a continuation. Um, it's also is because I'm just liking what I'm listening to right now. So I didn't have much, much, I mean, much recently changed. Something that I've tried to bring up to you before, though, is that like I like also like listening to music, and like it doesn't need to be in English. Oh. Mm-hmm. So like like Japanese songs, like. I want to say K-pop, so I'm not, I'm not down that hole that far yet. But <laughs> think of, like, songs, like, you know, in Japanese or in Spanish. And, like, it's just, I feel like that really shames the fact that, like, you don't, it doesn't need to be necessarily about the lyrics, but more how it how it all flows yeah. and how it gets you moving. Because I like listen to, like, Hispanic songs when I'm trying to do something. And it always, it always makes me happy when I listen to those songs. Are these more pop songs within those countries or more like cultural traditional songs within those countries it's hard for me to say because i'm not in that culture yeah but i know for like the japanese stuff it's like it's you know some of them are pop songs other songs are from like tv shows and like you know tv shows have like openings yeah that play and like i'll add those to like my playlist because they, they sound catchy is this from anime yeah I figured. I figured right. Yeah. And then, like, for Hispanic songs, it's like, everyone has, everyone knows, like, Hispanic songs like, that can get people moving. Yeah. I don't know how cultural these songs are, so I can't really speak about it, but. How did you come across the, that, with the. Hispanic? Yeah. Carlos. Con. No, 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 no. I hung around Hispanic growing up. Uh, even in like, my middle school, it was very, like, there weren't many, I would say, like, white people, so there's a lot of minorities, but there was, there was a huge amount of Hispanics there. Yeah, I, so Gadwin's always, 50%. Yeah, exactly. So I've always seen or hung around more Hispanics growing up, so that's kind of how I got into that music. Yeah, that's cool. What's that been like, to encounter new music, like Japanese or Hispanic? It's always interesting. It's not like you can't really show people the music because like they won't. It's, it's kind of like I won't say fifty fifty, but it's like there's always 
good chance that they're not going to really understand what you see in it. But it's like, it's just, it's nice having something that isn't what I usually listen to. Because, like, I don't listen to, like, Hispanic or the Japanese songs all the time. It's something I'll do, like, like once every, like, three weeks. And when I do it, it's always, like, special. Yeah. And so it's, it's just nice. And going back to what I said before, it's kind of, it would be hard to, like, recommend other people these type of songs. You have to find songs, like, into the same stuff as you to recommend them. But it's just, it's nice to be able to listen to a song that you don't listen to every day on repeat. Yeah. What is making you listen to those rap artists still today in college? At this point, I'll probably say it's, one, it's a habit. I've been listening to the music for so long, and like I don't, I don't have a problem with it. So it's like if it's not broken, don't change it. Yeah. And another thing is the fact that I'm really, I'm really internet savvy now. So like I know when like albums drop. Like I was like, like like uh, Kanye, yeah, Donda. Kanye, uh, Drake. I knew when those albums were gonna drop. Like I, I might know like when exactly they're gonna drop, but I knew it was gonna be soon. So it's like Dude. I would. You did not know when Donda was going to drop. Nobody knew. <laughs> I did. I got inside sources. From where? I can't tell you. Oh, no. my goodness. <laughs> Should stop it. I don't believe it. <laughs> but it was like, I I started like actually listening to those albums. Because before, I wasn't finding songs. You say now that I'm, I'm trying to find good songs in these albums. Kind of album is bad, but I'm not like Why did you not like it? I just didn't like I, it music has always been like a vibey thing for me, so it's like, you know, if it sounds good, it is good. And it, is, it just didn't sound good to me. Yeah. To further emphasize the point I made last time with how like music is more, or rap music nowadays is like, a, uh, it's like mainstream, it's the fact that like I heard a lot of people say like uh, Drake's, was it Certified Little Boy? Played yeah, the album. I've heard people call it a 10 out of 10 so many times. And then when I listened to it, I was like, there's like four good songs out this morning. And it's like, I feel like I'm really what, it's, it's, it's bandwagon to like it. Yeah. Well, it's like, uh, Drake is such a, a brand mm-hmm. that it doesn't matter what he puts out at this point. Mm-hmm. It could like, and it's the same with like mm-hmm. Apple. A, a, a Kanye or a Jay-Z who want to expand to a Taylor Swift or a Beyonce, mm-hmm. like it's such a brand now that people are just going to listen to it anyway. Or they'll, like you said, they'll just claim it's amazing mm-hmm. without really actually being critical. Mm-hmm. And you know, what's interesting that you brought up too, that I agree with is how many albums people rave about, but really only have four good tracks. You know, uh, Cardi, who? Cardi C A R T I. Don't think so. He came out with an album a year ago. Okay. And it's basically the same thing as like Certified Little Boy, where like everyone was saying, you know, it was like, you know, the next big thing, 10 out of 10, and I'll listen to it, and like, there's like four good songs. And it's like, I don't know. It's just, it's just, I feel like it's so mainstream to like those type of music, where it's like, you'll probably be like the odd one out if you don't like it. How do we change that? Because I feel I get a sense, and I and if if you're in this boat, I agree with you, like that that's not okay. Mm-hmm. I would say being more open to other music, other styles of music, because like take the like the anime 
music I was yeah. talking about. I can't. I'm, I won't play that in front of people that I'm not all that close to. And it's because, you know, you're, you're afraid they're going to say something. Right. And so it's like people are more accepting of like different types of music. I feel like it'll be, we can move away from like more mainstream stuff and go into other different things. What is it about music that makes us enjoy it so much? Why do we as humans listen to music? I feel like it's because, honestly, it's probably a survival instinct at this point. Because if you think about it, you know, back in like cavemen, sticks and stones, all they had were their ears. They listen for danger, they listen for, you know, monsters coming. We grown so much to listening to our surroundings for like dangerous stuff. When music came around, it's like you're listening for happiness at that point. It's no longer like life or death, it's more like, you know, you're happy to be alive. And like flight music can dust something to people that makes them more happy inside and more active and so it's like we play so much importance in our hearing and so we you know hear something that's happy it's like it does so much to you that's probably that's that's my answer for why you know humans like music so much well thanks for doing this marcus no problem this is awesome Mm -hmm. Thank you for listening to Soundtrack with Kyle Lichty. Each person interviewed has created a playlist of the very songs that have impacted their life. If you are interested in listening to their playlist, you can head straight to our website at soundtrack.fireside.fm. Click on Soundtrack Playlist and it will take you straight to their playlist on Spotify. If you like the podcast and want to know more, check out our Instagram at Soundtrack Podcast or leave us a review on your podcast platform of choice. Join us next time on Soundtrack.